Welcome to the Film Steins, the double feature podcast. Join us as we unravel the interwoven experience of the continuous conversation of cinema. Take part in pairing movies with their cursed counterparts, movies that share DNA, or even pairing questionable duos by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash We offer tiers at the $1, $5, and $20 level. With a $5 tier, we'll grant the ability to request films to further the discussion. So grab some popcorn, sit back, and get ready to join the 100-year conversation. This is the Film Steins, where movies are more than just entertainment there and experience there and experience all around you you and welcome back to another episode of the film of science thank you guys for joining us today i am joined today by my save the earth friend lucy hello everyone do they still say that i hope so you can join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with brand new episodes of The Film of Stein. Some recent episodes include Rice Boy Sleeps, Killers of the Flower Moon, American Fiction, the great 2023 film Monster, and Bottoms. Remember to leave nice comments, thoughts, and ideas over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash Go subscribe. We appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. Are you stressed and filled with anxiety like I am? Maybe in a bit of pain from that car accident you had a few years ago? Well, the sponsor of today's episode, Hempville CBD, has us covered. They have the highest quality products created by chemists and doctors. Hempville carries everything from CBD to THC dispensary grade without those despicable dispensary prices. Order your Delta 8, 9, edibles, and vapes along with the THCA flower and get free shipping when you spend $50 or more at HempvilleCBD.com. Check out the link in the description for more details. But today we are discussing Savannah Leaf's 2023 release, Earth Mama. And I'm just going to start off by saying that I like this film quite a bit. I like the mash of realism and naturalism and how intimate and tender the film is and how there's this balance of trying to fight your way out of this mess that's been dealt to you while still taking some accountability and being an adult. I like that. What do you think about this film, man? Yeah, I thought this film was okay. It didn't hit the spots I wanted it to hit for me. But I do like how there was some character growth here. It felt like a like a slice of life movie, but with some actual development and some ownership of your actions. But just something about the film didn't do it for me. Maybe it felt a little bit too indie in its cinematography and its performances that it didn't completely sell me on the tenderness and the message it was just trying to give you about motherhood and this life that some people are dealt with. Yeah, I can totally see that hang up with the minimalism and this obsession with close-ups and capturing that deeper emotion that's kind of hard to write, maybe. And I heard people saying that they appreciate the lack of melodrama in this, and I feel like that is sort of extremely melodramatic to shove these close-ups down our throat really just I mean frankly so I thought that was a little kind of funny to say Uh, I guess literally what people are saying is not very melodramatic it's very for the most part natural with the exception of her friend Mel I think she's kind of the overtop character as far as what she has to say because she's the she's the wise old guy you know but that's fine What I really liked about this movie is it's almost 
like documentary style filmmaking on just an individual. And so I feel like that starts to justify the obsession with so many close-ups because we need to avoid including other people's stories. And I like that it's kind of echoed back at us through what she does for a living or a side gig, really, because I guess she goes to class for a living, right? Yeah. But there's that special scene where she's at work and she's talking to these, you know, this group of friends and she's just kind of investigating documentary kind of style about their trauma and hardships in life and I guess especially in childhood. Yeah, I will admit that those were some of my favorite bits of the film when we had these, just when we had these other people show up to, you know, have their pictures taken of them. And I don't know, there was something just kind of nice about that, something kind of human about coming for your life events to come get your picture taken at the mall. You know, it was good. It was sort of jarring relative to the rest of the film and what was going on. It's very controlled and almost like a moment of relief for Gia. Yeah, and you could tell by the way she just set up the pictures, the way she took her time to rearrange the girl's dress or to rearrange the little baby's blanket. Just something that she enjoyed doing and, yeah, like you said, take her mind off of everything else that's going on in her life. Those were really good. You knew who else was a single parent who also took photos of family members? The dad in The Exorcist? Goofy. Max's dad. Oh. (laughs) The dad in The Exorcist? (laughs) Did he take photos? Yeah, that was one of my biggest problems. We didn't come back to that. Oh, I had totally forgotten. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. What do you think of the dreamlike kind of surrealistic experiences Gia went through? I guess she was tripping at times and maybe dreaming in different times. Yeah, I'm not sure how I felt about them. The nature ones where she's out in the woods walking around naked, I I got those. Those were... um, Those were fine. Those were kind of trippy for me to watch those, but... I could see how they were relevant to Gia herself and this natural thing we were going with. But the umbilical cord stump things that she was visioning, those were kind of weird for me. I don't know what was going on there. Yeah, I think they largely detracted the movie from the greater message because I guess for one, we didn't really set up the history of drug use all that much other than her going through meetings and stuff. But I guess that point is not really all that important. Maybe I'm still kind of thinking about that. But at the very least, I don't think they added to anything because we already had these moments of release and tranquility with her at work. And they kind of did land on, all right, she does some drugs, I think crack, based off the pipe. And she had this real big moment. And then she had gave birth while high. Does that imply she was doing it the times before? I don't think so, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I didn't... Because she says to the... She says to Miss Carmen after she gives birth that she just made one mistake. But then again, if she is an addict or she is an addict, she's not very reliable on when it's been just that one time, that one mistake. So I don't know. But it didn't give me those vibes that she was using 
just at the end when she finally had too much stress i don't know everything just becoming so overwhelming that she did have that one slip up but again with drug users they tend to get you like that yeah and she kind of established her credibility though too because she was so level-headed and kind of antagonized her you know spiritually woke friend who was all about god and you know just put everything in god's hands he'll figure it out for us that's true and she also went to the um meetings and stuff and they kept pretty good records of their p tests i would assume and i would assume if she was using that would show up and that would have been a conflict entered in at some point so yeah i guess it just feels like a middle piece missing there because it the drug use unlocks the last part of the movie unlock you know she has birth she has to give the kid up it set her back on her progress to get her other two kids back i feel like there was a little bit of a missing piece yeah there and i think we could have easily gotten it because this movie is relatively short and i think 15 minutes would have helped flush that out a little bit more maybe no dreamlike sequences too because I feel like they did kind of just de- detract from this simple greater message that was really on point until those moments you were just like, the, the wooded scenes are fine, but really the umbilical cord, rotten umbilical cord thing pulling out of her belly and like, you know, the other two instances of it just sticking out. Okay, maybe it indicates this former neglect she had when she was little and stuff, but... That's too artsy for me. <laughs> it's a little too unimportant right we're not i i get the generational cycle is in play here but that's not the point the point is gia's story and we don't get we don't care about her mom we don't care about her dad we don't care about her baby's daddies right right we care about gia and her relationship with these kids and her getting them back right nothing else matters so i think it gets a little lost in itself in those moments and i don't know how we would have fit in the drug thing that because you don't want to make us feel sorry for Gia, right? She's doing better, right? It's a process, right? Everyone has their mess ups and every process of, you know, whatever, weight loss, whatever. So, I mean, one mess up doesn't make us hate Gia. So we can, I, 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 I do have a hard time seeing how we flesh that out, I guess. But the element of its naturalistic storytelling and realism kind of alleviate the problem at the same time because what we see of Gia is almost exclusively the fight to get her kids back we don't see a lot of the in-between everything in every moment is something to do with her kids so there's some good excuse there that I'm actually very okay with at the end of the day I like this movie a lot I don't love it and I think like those close-ups and that minimalistic kind of thing and that really moody silence that we get a lot which i do like i do ultimately think it holds the movie back a little bit too it kind of boxes itself in and doesn't let it become at least in my mind more than just its parts you know it's because like you said it's a slice of life movie at the end of the day so it has a hard time breaking away from these kind of more liberal approaches to it yeah i can see that to me, it just felt a little bit too too slow. So maybe a little bit of pacing issues for me. And It was probably the silence. Yeah, and I'm 
I'm for the silence being paired with an awesome moody score and, you know, making me feel the way I'm supposed to feel. I'm all for being forced on my feelings, (laughs) especially in these types of movies. I like what you said about it being kind of documentary style. So I have I have to think about that. I like I like you saying that, um, but I don't know if it's quite something. Enough. Yeah, if it's if it's quite enough. If it's something I would like, yeah. Yeah, I could see another section like what she had at work, doing that in another way to her friend Mel or her or Carmen, her child helper person. I'm not really sure what to call her. A counselor. <laughs> her counselor. Yeah. That helps her get her kids back. Because that beautiful documentary focus is, you know, personified through her own actions, which is really neat. But I feel like we only get it real hardcore, and it's awesome. Like, it's, I mean, it's 10 out of 10 cinematic storytelling when she's talking to those guys at her work. Mm -hmm. A lot of what happens at work is actually really, really great. It's definitely the best sections of the movie, which is hilarious because they're the most disconnected from the rest of the the movie. (laughs) But there's no doubt something special kind of captured there at the same time. Yeah, I, I I agree. One thing I didn't like about the movie is the introduction. In the introduction, we focus on this lady, some rando lady, talking about how nobody experiences life through her shoes. But I don't know. I hate to say it. It just seemed like a bad acting improv class that we just decided to put into the introduction of this movie. And I'm sorry, but your introductions matter quite a bit. In the movie Past Lives, that's something that took me out a little bit. The introduction where we have her and her, you know, past childhood lover and her husband and the weird couple saying, oh, who do you think they are? You think that's her husband? Like that that completely took me out and that's not a great way for me to start a movie. Of course you can always redeem yourself very quickly, but this movie wasn't redeemable enough that that introduction really stuck out to me and I I didn't like it. Savannah Leaf obviously thought those sections during these meetings and whatnot were pretty important. There were several of them. I'd say she probably thought they were as important as her time at work. There were these like bookend kind of punctual things that literally at the meetings, you know, people would be on a pedestal kind of preaching one way or another. And then at work, it was more of a cinematic kind of expression of just Gia. Yeah, maybe if we would have heard this introduction from this lady, but looking at Gia the whole time it was being said and watching her reactions, maybe I could um be on board with that a little bit better. But it it really just seemed like this movie was about to be about this lady and her story. Because I hate to say it, but moments like that kind of extrapolate this to like just womanhood and like people, impoverished people who, you know, struggle with this situation. And it's just not that. It really isn't. This is, and if if you think it is, I would love to hear why. Because I feel like the, this almost, I mean... Just this obsession with close-ups on Gia are nuts. And it's one reason I like the movie, but I I feel like that kind of challenges itself. And I think that would have been an easy fix. And a very natural solution is, all right, let's just see Gia's expression and all this, reaction Mm -hmm. and all this. 
because she even has this repulsion with her friends. So, like, if we could have seen some kind of, like, disagreement in her face or... Yeah, a bit of an eye roll or a side look. So, something yeah. like that. Or or agreement, of course. It just felt like it kind of got in its way a little bit, too. Of I don't want to say it felt preachy, because to be honest, I can't remember what exactly was even said. I just remember there being two or three of them where we have those frontal, you know, views, no profile, just very talking to the camera kind of thing. And there even might have been some cutaways to G, I can't remember, but it was just like, who is this stranger? Like, why does this, why does this matter? We're not, I don't care about you, (laughs) to be honest. I want to know what G is going through right now, you know? Yes. Is she not, is she or is she not paying attention because she's thinking about her two kids, you know, that she's going to see later today or something. Kind of thing. So I, I I totally feel you. In the intro, I do really like that one section where G and her friend are walking to the house the first time, and you had those guys out front just saying shit. It's hilarious, and it's such a long take, and they just go on and on and on, and it's awesome. Yeah, I like that too. I like that a lot. I also like right before that, where Gia goes and picks her up. I think where she works, and we don't have any. We don't have anything going on. It's just a friend going to pick up a friend from work. And I don't know, just scenes like that tell you so much about a character without telling you, without verbally telling you anything. And I I like that, that she's just walking out. She's folding her apron, trying to shove in her purse. You see through the window that she works at a fast food restaurant. They get in the car. You know, they do some shit talking. They get to the apartment and... There's the the neighborhood hangout outside that's always shit talking to. I I enjoy that. And there was another part I really liked, which was that that's probably the the section in this movie that made me feel the most was when she stole those diapers. That that got to me more than anything else in the movie. That's just this like raw kind of primitive impoverished motherhood taking over like there's just something deeply sad about a mom stealing diapers yeah you know it's like a kid stealing a book from a library or something it's just like i don't even know it's just like god damn that's crazy stuff another thing i liked about this movie a lot was that's kind of similar were the minutes she had on her phone and every time she was on her phone you they pop up you know 95 cents left she never just flagrantly used her her minutes, right? She always was kind of on the phone, you know, kind of with intention, you know, with her son, for example. Yeah. And you're just like, how quickly do those minutes, you know, roll by? Is she going to be able to, like, you know, complete her conversation with her, with her boy? And especially during that one scene. Yeah. And then all just to add up to the end where she's, about to give birth and she needs to call somebody and she had zero minutes left so she had to spit that shit out man that was that that's good yeah that was crazy yeah that's awesome setup it really is something you know tangential to that and storytelling but with the drug thing could have made this movie completely excellent and less of a focus on a couple other avenues that we've talked about here because that use of of a plot device, I guess, of a kind of a McMuffin is totally genius. Yeah. 
Yeah, this movie, I mean, this movie was good in a lot of ways, but it just, it, I don't know. It was it not my type of movie. I'm not sure. There was a lot of just observing the character and what Gia was doing, much like that movie you like so much, um, The Florida Project. And I, I guess those aren't my type of movies because I did not enjoy that one either. But there's bits and pieces here and there that I I really enjoyed. It's kind of funny to say that because the close-up kind of indicates a, you know, you need to pay attention. This is an emotional moment. You're going to connect with the character kind of thing. But it just goes to show you that if you use it in a completely different way, it can give a different effect. And, you know, however that's done through just shoving it down your throat, because that's what they do here, or... Or by just simply making non-personal things all of a sudden feel personal. You start to confuse the audience in a funny way. Not that that happens here. But they do kind of murder that traditional cinematic technique, I think. And so there might be something to that. Like in the Florida Project, we don't get close-ups. It's all just very watching these kids in their natural environment kind of thing. Just, you know, you don't want to spook them type thing. (laughs) National Geographic. Totally Nat Geo. And I think that movie is awesome because of it. And here we capture something similar, but something that's much more like singular, singular focused. Because we get, because these are not just close-ups, man. We are seeing her pores, you know? Yeah. <laughs> even like during, even during the, like the, the car scene where they're doing donuts in the parking lot or whatever, wherever they're at. It feels so claustrophobic, even though we know it's not that busy. Like we see some, there's a couple of shots that, you know, there's a lot of space. There's a little bit of a crowd behind the around the cars, but we're so tightly on Gia that it feels a little claustrophobic. And so it definitely kind of is forcing its own style mm-hmm. a little bit. And that's very cool, I think, but it's obviously not for everybody. How did you feel about the performances? I know these were at least our main characters, uh, debut film and the director, right? It was her debut? Yep. Yeah, I think Gia was very good. She's very quiet. So she just needs to kind of have a strong presence, which I think she mostly does. Her friend is fun. (laughs) (laughs) The the wild one, the religious one. And then Mel was a little bit weak, I think, especially that walk along the river. I was like, man, this Mm -hmm. should be hitting a little harder. And I'm, I'm just getting the impression that Mel's cadence is a little off for me or something. I'm not sure exactly what that is. And then Carmen, of course, was very good. Yes. And I liked the other family a lot, too. They were, you know, just a happy, collective, affluent family that, you know, wanted to adopt because they couldn't have their own again. And so they made you kind of feel good because they indicated this stop for this particular baby, at the very least, for of this generational cycle. So there's something kind of, you know, predatory in nature there as far as, like, emotions go. So they were they were fine. <laughs> but solid across the board for the most part, yeah. But yeah, man, thank you for watching that movie with me and talking about it here today. Yeah, thank you for making me watch this. <laughs> You're a little bit more cultured watching indie films. It's an A24 movie at the end of the day, so it's, I don't know. Are it's you true. Are you that more much more learned as far as film goes if you're watching A24 movies? <laughs> hey, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're, we're all seeing it. A24 is doing something. They really are, and I'm really enjoying what they're doing. I know people kind of have an issue with this insistence on a certain 
flavor of mood and color palette and stuff like that. But, you know, they remind me of a lot of like a modern day PlayStation where they want a specific image of what they make. You can't say that about a Sony, you know, pictures or a Paramount or whatever, or HBO even. I think HBO would be the next kind of in, in line for that, at least maybe the shows. But there's this identity within A24, which I really think is cool. And this, of course, fits that mold totally. It's kind of got a neon flavor. and Yeah, I like A24 films, just not this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, do you have a budget guess for me here today? Yeah, I'm giving this $1 million. $1 million is not a bad guess, truthfully. Very tight shots, right? That implies small sets. Yep, that's true. <laughs> not a lot of folks on screen. No. Right. And not a lot of different sets. We spend a lot of time in the apartment or the counselor's area or the lady speaking. Yeah. Well, it says here that it was 2 to $5 million. Oh. I would guess it'd be on the lower side. I'm not sure. I hate the the range. Just like that's. You can do a lot with one million. Especially when you're two to five million. Yes. Five is more than twice two. Like that's a big yes. gap as far as range goes. You know, I'd say ranges can't exceed more than ten percent from either direction. Well, over on Letterboxd says with seven point seven thousand people, not very many. Oof. They gave it a three point seven. I think that's a little high, especially since I'm giving it a two. But that's also not a large population. Not a great sample, yeah. So all the people who loved it went over there and rated it. So yes, it's funny. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards the three two point five. I'm not exactly sure. It feels a little stronger than two point five because of its you know kind of cinematic flair and you know delivering and committing. But it gets a little lost in itself, so it's. It, I'm having to kind of negotiate that in my head. But I liked it quite a bit. But yeah, man, thank you. Thank you for watching this. And thank you guys for listening to this episode of The Film of Steins. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember, we post every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with brand new episodes over on patreon.com slash filmofsteins, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all the goods. Thank you guys so much for all your support. Remember to come by, subscribe for a dollar, five dollars. Leave nice comments, thoughts, and ideas. Come request a movie, please. A good one. Shrek. All right. The Godfather. I don't fucking know. (laughs) Is that a good one? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) But until next time, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap for today's episode of The Filmistines. Thanks for tuning in and joining us on our cinematic journey. We hope you enjoyed the discussion and gained some new insights and perspectives in the world of movies. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and your favorite platform, especially Patreon at patreon.com slash and follow us on social media for more film-related content. We love hearing from our listeners, so if you have any feedback, suggestions, movie recommendations, or book recommendations, please feel free to reach out to us. Until next time, keep watching, keep loving the magic of movies. This is The Filmistines signing off. <laughs>